Welcome to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Connections, a podcast all about helping you comfortably connect with others in any situation. Hosted by Leanne and John, this podcast is proudly brought to you by Fortitude at Work. Fortitudeatwork.com.au Welcome to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Connections. I'm John. And I'm Leanne. You are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's this one about? Well, today, Johnny, look, we've kind of struggled with this one. You keep you keep flagging it with me that you want to talk about it, and mm. I keep going, no, I don't think it's relevant. Okay. But then I thought, no, it probably is relevant. Mm. So today we're going to talk about parenting. I think most people are either parents or they've had parents. Oh. <laughs> They have. They've had parents. Yes, true. And the reason I think is relevant for me, Mm. the more I think about it, Mm. is because I speak to a lot, as you know, a lot of small business people. Mm. And there's often this sense of guilt associated with um, small business ownership and parenting. Yeah, the work-life balance, yeah. work-family work, balance. Yep. Yeah, the work-life balance. And we know from the research that that's um, the third highest stressor. In small business. So if you go to the white paper that EveryMind have done, so everymind.org.au, and you want to know a bit more about what's the sorts of things that might stress a small business person, the third highest uh, area behind um, finances and um, um, presenteeism, you know, not being able to take any time off work, is this whole notion of work-life balance. Mm. And I know when I speak to small business owners, there's often um, guilt that's associated with if I'm at work, mm. I'm, I feel guilty that I'm ignoring my kids. And one of the motivators for people to go into their own business, um, you're here um, to be my own boss, yeah. to um, to give me more time with my family, yeah, um, to be <laughs> to make more money, and if I make more money, that will give me more freedom, and if I've got more freedom, then I can spend more time with the people I care about. Yeah, um, but uh, inevitably. Yeah. What often happens is people that go into small business recognise that their their old thirty five or forty hour a week job they had and left yeah. has now turned into a hundred hour. That's a week exactly right. Small business where they're making uh, initially and almost always less than they were making when they had a job. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. And working twice as, as that's much. right. That's right. I, I remember I put a quote up for my students, and I think I might have said this in another episode, mm. um, and I can't remember who said it, but I'll find it, put it in the show notes. Um, there was a quote that said, I work 80 hours a week for myself just so I don't have to work 40 hours for somebody else. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's it. So where does, where does family and, and kids come into that and, and even spending time with your own parents? Yeah. Yeah. Where does family fit in to that initially and going forward because we're also habit-forming people. Yeah. So if if you make a decision to go into business because of all of those um, uh, motivators of, of freedom and uh, financial freedom and being your own boss. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, if, uh, and then you recognise then you're in a, an 80 or 100-hour-a-week business. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then you do start to actually become financially successful. Yeah. Um, then pulling it back. How do you, how do you pull it back? Mm. And we talked about this in the previous podcast about um, uh, recognizing about uh, you know burnout and recognizing when you uh, when you you're not coping. Yeah, that's right. Um, and and you're stressed and it's affecting your mind and your body. Yep. So how do you find that balance? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So 
you know, I'm, I'm spending all my time at work and I feel guilty that mm. I'm not spending time with my children. Mm. And then I spend time with my children. I feel guilty that I'm not spending time on my business because, you know, I need to earn a living and, and pay for my family's lifestyle. Yes. So cycle, you, the you, cycle of guilt. A cycle of guilt. There, there's no escape, really. Mm. Mm. Well, is there? No, well, that's the question, I guess. Is there? I mean, what? Let let's let's start fundamentally with what is what what is parenting? What what does it mean? Mm. Well, I'm guessing since we crawled out of the the ocean as a uh, our original, uh, we go all the way back to the dinosaurs. Yeah, right? sure. Okay, so we sort of um, started walking upright, and yeah, and then we would uh, to progress our species, we go and find mates. And yeah. we'd have babies. Yeah. And then those babies would watch the older ones in the village to see what uh, constituted being a part of that community. Uh-huh. Um, and also how mothers act and how fathers act and how siblings act and how uh, other important older people act. And that's how we form our sense of identity. So are you, if I was to bring this up to today, are you mm. saying that... That was a quick jump from... I know. ...from the cave to yeah. today. <laughs> We've jumped a few thousand years there. Go on. I know. Well, I'm I'm just saying. Are you saying that we parenting is is subjected is subjective and it, and it's got to do with what our the culture we live in yeah. and the messages we get. Yep. And at the time in history we were born and in the geographical location. Yeah. Yeah. All of those inputs determine our sense of who we are. Yeah. Um, and often that can uh, transfers itself into uh, what type of uh, adult we're going to be. Uh, and then also then about whether we want to be in business, yeah. uh, our own yeah. business, yeah. And running True. our own show and being told what to do or not. True. Um, so, yeah. But, but having the kids and being kids, it's part of the journey, it's part of the experience. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting, you know, because I remember, you know, grow, and I do remember growing up. It was a little while ago. Oh, now. not that long ago. No, not at all. Not at all. It wasn't that long ago. I remember growing up. I don't remember having really any expectations of my parents to amuse me or entertain me. I think I definitely had an expectation at some Christmas that I'd get a Melvin star mm-hmm. and off I'd go on my push bike. I was going to say that's a push bike. I know. Yep. And off I'd head on my push bike. And I remember getting that. And um, you know, having a local creek nearby and a bucket, so I could go and fish out the tadpoles and watch them turn into frogs. Yep, and you'd come home when the street lights went on. Yep, that's yep. right. I had I had all of that, and I didn't have you know a heli- helicopter parents really. Mm. Uh, I felt loved, and I knew I belonged in mm. my family, but um, I didn't have any expectation that mum or dad would amuse me. And mm. um, I wonder if parents feel that nowadays. Well, I think every generation uh, so far <laughs> has said that the next generation uh, have got it easier uh, than yeah. I did, um, and and that and and my childhood was you know all about matchbox cars and things like that. This next generation of our kids, they're all got their heads down in mobile phones and on computers, yeah. and they're not down getting tadpoles or there's less riding bikes. Yeah, uh, and is that okay? Is it okay that, you know, I look at tadpoles on a screen rather than go and catch them out of the creek? Uh, it is what it is. Yeah, and, that's and, right. And the next generation and the next generation, it'll keep going. And, and depending on when, when and where you were born um, is what it is. Do you think there's more of a sense of fearfulness around parenting nowadays? Like I have to watch my kids. I would never let my kids go to the creek 
on their own and fish out tadpoles. I, in fact, I would never even let them walk home from school, yeah, you know, be so worried yeah. about stranger danger. or. Well, safety and risk has been huge over the last yeah. you know, 30, 40 years. Um, and I'm guessing in this particular culture, the one that we were born into uh, after the Second World War, um, there's been a, a progression there where we had parents that were fearful yeah, yeah. back then and there were people that had a lot of people died in the war. A lot of people came back from the war with post-traumatic. Um, kids were seen and not heard. Um, the, the, yeah. um, the kids would have to amuse themselves. You know, our, our parents and our grandparents um, were in the business of um, caring for themselves uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that's very true. That that notion of needing to to self care, and in some way, then that need to self care probably did translate to the next generation around. We all mind our own business here, mm. but in fact, maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe it was just I, I just need to look after myself, yeah. and it's harder for me to vocalize. Um, you know my love for you and 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 my my feelings for you because yeah. I'm nurturing myself. I'm, yeah. No, I've never really thought of it that way. Yeah, that, that comes across as quite stoic and yeah. and, and, and non-caring, if you like. And then yeah, you, that, you, isn't that ironic? And then you have a whole generation of uh, of human beings in this culture again that that may have uh, uh, not felt as safe as yeah. you, as children or as cared for. And yeah. they make decisions both overtly and consciously and subconsciously that if I ever have kids, I will uh, spend a lot of time making sure that they're safe yeah. and they're loved yeah. and they're helicoptered yeah. and they're watched over and cared for because I didn't feel that closeness when I was young. Yeah. But then again, that whole, then this generation, which is the most safe generation uh, ever, mm. uh, with um, uh, you know, caring for their, their their physical safety and their mental safety, and and yep. making sure that playgrounds and schools and mm. uh, and 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 bad men, you know, yeah, yeah. So now you have a whole generation of of uh, kids that are, that may even feel suffocated. Yeah. Okay. So um, and it's a pendulum sort of swings back and forth with each generation. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's really interesting, and I, I guess I think about that in terms of my family. I, I was I loved in my family, and I was definitely um, a very important part of my family. Mm. And they would, you know, Mum did tell me that um, that she loved me, and and Dad perhaps not as often, but um, Dad was a really gentle, loving person. So I always got that message, regardless of the words. Um, but I think. I've probably, and you and I do a lot with the kids, with all of the kids, and you've had five, mm. and you and I have had two, so a subset of your five. Yep. Um, uh, we spend a lot of time telling the kids that we love them. Mm. And what I find, um, it still gets me every single time, is when our boys particularly will say, without me saying it first, I love you. Yeah. And they say it quite a lot. Yeah. So I might even be going to leave a room, and they'll and Liam will say, "I, I love you, Mum." Mm. That didn't, didn't happen in your, your no, house. No, but I think because we've done it so much, it's it's okay, it's natural, it's normal, it's yeah. part of our conversation to to tell one another that we love them, yeah, the even are. if you happen to just be leaving a bedroom. Sure. You know? And and the, the kids, when we when I was growing up, you. 
Yeah, often when you look at your family, you you just go, "This is how it was." Yeah. So it wasn't that I was growing up in a dysfunctional family, or I was yeah. growing up in an overly loving family. It was just that was it. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Yeah. And then as then you go into adults, as we've done, and then we have our own kids. Um, yeah. uh, based on that history, then that uh, gives us all of the clues on what it's supposed to be, what we're supposed to be as parents. Yeah. Um, and if you come all the way back to this, you know, this life work family balance. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. One thing I worked out a few years ago after uh, carrying a lot of shame around, you know, uh, parenting about whether I was doing it right or not and yeah. self-doubt and making mistakes and getting angry and then feeling guilty and then on the guilt cycle that you talked about earlier, um, I worked out that um, the most powerful thing was actually around modelling. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it wasn't just modelling being a good person. Mm. It was actually modelling... Um, making mistakes and forgiving myself yeah, um, and accepting myself yeah, and growing from that. I worked out the only thing I can do with kids after you've kept them safe as yeah. toddlers, yeah. Yeah, as they had to head into the teenage worlds, was to uh, model that I change yeah. and that I can change yeah. and that I make mistakes uh, and I forgive myself and learn from those mistakes. Yeah. And none of that is about standing there telling your kids what to do. Yeah. None of that is about guiding your kids or, or uh, uh, fixing their problems or, yeah. or finding solutions to their problems. It's all about them watching me make mistakes, forgive myself and, and move forward learning yeah. from those mistakes. Um, and when it comes to the work-life balance, um, if it's really important to me to to... Yeah. be a successful business person, then what I'm modelling is uh, commitment. Yeah. And and my kids then can watch their father being committed to something that he's very passionate about. Yeah. Um, and even if that may, at times, they, they miss out on time with me, Yeah. Um, they're still watching me be um, committed and passionate about something. Yeah. Um, uh, and and that's that's okay to model yeah. to model that. And I think that's so um, so pertinent, John. And I agree. I think it is okay uh, to model your authentic self. Mm. I think that's that's the message. You know, it's okay to be who you are. Mm. Um, and we love one another regardless of. We don't want them to be anything other than their authentic self. Yeah. But I think that has to come from a place of genuine um, willingness to share that position um, in a calm, honest, open manner. Mm. I think if you have somebody who's conflicted and not open and honest about, look, this is really who I am. Mm. I love to work. If I didn't work, I'd be, you know, going crazy. I just love to work. Mm. If if we didn't actually explain that to those people, those important people, our family, in that calm and reasonable manner, yeah. what it can present itself as is anger mm. and um, um, retaliation, you know, that, that sense of conflict. So, 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 you know, you have someone who, mm. you know, you have a child who comes up and wants to ask dad a question mm. and dad says, I can't do that now because I'm busy doing the books. Yes. Whereas uh, if you took the extra couple of seconds right. uh, to say um, that I'm passionate about this, yeah. I'm committed to That's this, right. I'm enjoying this, yeah. um, I care about you and I love you, 
um, I just need this time now to do this. Yeah. And then I will also make time for, for you. Right. Yes. And that, and that, then we, we, we stop that conflict, that inner conflict, don't we? Yes. Because you've been authentic and honest. That's it. And then if you forget that, if your mindfulness doesn't click in and you do say, leave me alone, I'm busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then you can say, listen, when I was when, earlier, when I was angry, um, I want you to know that I'm sorry about that. I'm very committed to this. I'm very passionate about this and I enjoy it. And I was, uh, and I was, uh, getting through it and it was wrong for me to be angry and I'm sorry about that and, yeah. I'm, and I'm going to try not to do that again. Yeah. 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 I've had um, many instances of ha having to apologise to the kids Yeah. Yeah. for, you know, yelling at them or being short-tempered or and just being wrong. Yeah, and, also, and then explain, being wrong. And explaining it too Yeah. and being vulnerable enough uh, to, uh, to yeah. say that to your kids that I, I am wrong. I'm wrong. I actually misread that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got that wrong, and you were right. And you were right. Yeah. And how? Look, how does that mirror small business ownership, really, and with that mm. notion of ego too? Mm. Um, you know, I, sometimes it's hard when you're the parent. Mm. It's actually hard to say to your kids, mm. "Look, you were right, and I was wrong," because there's this underlying thing that says, "Because I'm the parent, I should know it all." Yeah, yeah. And the minute I admit. That they were right and I was wrong, it kind of makes me weak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, that they're in. That's the opposite. It's the opposite, isn't yeah, it? It's they, the most powerful position you can is. take. They feel closer to you. Yep. Uh, they feel um, like you. They can tell you stuff. Yeah. Um, there's less. There's less um, uh, need to lie or to, or to deceive. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the other key thing for me is all about trust and and trusting your children's journeys. Yeah. As, as parents, when they're young, we're, we're all in the business of keeping them safe, making sure they don't run across the road or they don't yeah. um, you know, eat what they shouldn't eat or drink whatever. But as they get older and into their teens, it's a, I think it was seven years old, you know, give me a seven-year-old, I'll give you the man. Yeah. Um, as they start to go into their teen years, you, you, it's very hard for a parent to, to let go and allow their children to make mistakes yeah. and to trust their children's uh, journeys in learning from those and mistakes. And particularly too when you know they're headed for a mistake, yeah, when yeah. you can see yeah. this is going to hurt yeah, them. that's it. And you go, wow, I've got to just say, well done. Where Off, you go, yeah. Try you go, it. What do you think? Give it a go. Yep. All that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, but I'm here. I'm here. If you ever want to talk about it, or you you're scared, or I'll be yeah. here. I'm here for you. Yeah. Unconditionally, without conditions. Yeah. And and you and and allow them to make those mistakes. Yeah. And mm. can I say I actually think um, this is much more than just rhetoric or or philosophy. And the reason that I know that is because. You have five children and um, I don't think any of them are afraid to come and talk to you about what's going on for them because they're, f they're worried, they're, they have fear of judgment around that. Mm. I think you have a really good relationship with the kids, albeit on different levels for each of them, but they all know that they can actually come and talk to you at, at any time without judgment mm. and, um, and they do that. At various times, not all the time, no. but they do that at various times, and I think that's a real testament to them feeling safe. Well, they, they yeah, thank you. Um, the they've watched me and uh, change. Yeah, they've watched me grow, yeah. and they've watched me say sorry, and they've watched me make mistakes. 
Yeah. And they've watched me be angry. Yeah. And they've watched me be open and honest. Yeah. Uh, and they've also appreciated me, uh, uh, sorry, went through a period of me not trusting them. Yeah, yeah. And then I've gone through a period of me actually trusting them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think I'm very lucky. I've got the best kids in the whole world and the best wife. So, <laughs> I, I'm, yes, you do. I'm full of gratitude, <laughs> full of gratitude for all of that. And and I think as we as I go forward, um, uh, I'll continue to trust them. Yeah. You're listening to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Connections. Do you want to spread the word in your workplace, community, team or school? We're available to speak at your event or deliver customised training. Visit fortitudeatwork.com.au for more info. Uh, Look, I want to come back to this notion of not necessarily sharing our adult wisdom with our children, Mm. even though we've perhaps walk the same path as them, mm. you know, at the same age, and we can remember yeah, you say, the mistakes. Say, yeah, and it comes from a good place. The intentions are always good when, yeah. when a parent says, I want to save them that pain. Yeah, that's right. Because Why no, do they have to go through that well, when I know? Yeah, and you can say, listen, I'm just trying to save you the pain. Don't do that. Yeah. Leave that boy. Yeah. Leave that girl. <laughs> don't, don't take that job. Don't buy that car. I want to save you from that pain. Yeah. Well, no, no. They, it's that's the deal. Uh, the deal is that they, they, you, you trust. Yeah. That, that they will, they will learn. Why though? But why, why do you have to trust? Because you have had the experience, and you actually do know that they're making a mistake, they're making a bad decision. Yeah. Um, why not tell them? Um, there was a really good Pink song about um, uh, lying on the the road or the. Uh, on the on the train tracks, I can't remember what it was called, but it was all about uh, a parent that didn't trust their ch- her child, and would always tell them what to do mm-hmm. and to stop them from doing things they wanted, and and that what that child learns is to not trust themselves. Ah, yeah. So every decision they come across, they're too nervous to make it because yeah. they haven't been given the opportunity to make mistakes. Yeah. Their parents have cut it off every time. So if you if you don't give your child um, space to make mistakes, then they won't learn how to trust themselves. Yeah. yeah. And I guess in some way too, when you're telling them what to do, particularly mm. teenagers, I think, mm. and, um, you know, younger adults and even older adults. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, older yeah. adults. What's the message when oh, a parent tells you what to do? It, the, the message is you, you're incompetent. You don't know what you're doing. That's right. I have to tell you. Yeah. I have to direct you. So a 35-year-old person could have a, a seven-year-old parent telling yeah. them, don't buy that house, don't buy that car. Yeah. Don't, don't leave that job. Don't you need the job. security. That's it. Um, <laughs> every time they say do something or don't do something, the message is you don't know what you're doing. I have to tell you what to do. I have to, to tell do. you what to do. And, and where, does it, where does your confidence go with that? Yeah, that's your, right. How does your self-esteem react to that? Yeah. And that is, well, I then uh, my self-estimation is that I obviously don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. The message is you're incompetent. Mm. I have to make these decisions for you. Yeah. And um, we're well and good to sit here touting all of this wi- yep, yep. wisdom, but we've made all those oh, mistakes yeah, as parents. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> made those mistakes for we've, sure. We've yeah, told that. our kids what to do and, and they've told us to go to buggery. Yep. Yep. And, and we've had conflict and we've had yeah. dramas and we've made mistakes. Yep. Um, but as I said before, if we can um, uh, make those mistakes as models yeah. and learn from those mistakes 
and be authentic around that and forgive ourselves yeah. in that process. That's the best modelling. I think that's the best parenting you can do Yeah, is to show that you can change. Yeah. And if you, you know, if you do the hardest thing in the world and watch them mm. make a mistake yeah. and the mistake is made and, it, and it's hard yeah. and painful... Um, I guess there's four words that you really, really want to keep out of your vocabulary after that, which is, I told you so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Why? Why do you want to keep that out? Well, it's, it's the same message. The, same, yeah. the message is you didn't know what you were doing and now you've proven that you didn't know what you were doing and I was right and you were wrong. Yeah. And what good comes of that, no you know? Good, no good comes from that. And it's really interesting because sometimes there are things that um, might so easily roll off my tongue to my children, the ones closest to me that I love so dearly, Mm. so dearly, that I would never let roll off my tongue to my friends. Yeah, that's true. You know, I I wouldn't speak to my friends in the way that I might think it's okay to speak to my kids sometimes. it's It's about respect and trust. Yeah. And and uh, and acceptance. Yeah. So yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't tell a, a friend often. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing it wrong. Do it this way. It it's, it's all comes back to unconditional love. And, yeah. and if you're going to be a parent, you love your kids no matter what. Yeah. Um, and if you love them no matter what, yeah. then you allow them to make the mistakes. And then if they make the mistake and they come to you and say, "Oh, I made a mistake," you say, "Oh, that's okay. Yeah. You did your best, and yeah. your best is good enough. Yeah. What are you going to do next? Yeah. And whatever that is, even if that's a mistake, yeah, yeah, that's fine too. Yeah. Always here for you, no matter what. Yeah. And I think we came to that realisation, didn't we, when looking at things like school camps, mm. for example. Mm. And at the end of the day, whatever decisions we would make around who had to go to camp or didn't go to camp, for example, um, we kind of learnt Mm. along the way, didn't we? Not necessarily with the first couple of kids, they all went to camp, I think. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, we we tied them to the bus. Yeah, we did. But we kind of learnt along the way that the most important thing was their health and well-being. Yes. Mental health and well-being. Not what a school might think of us if we didn't send a kid to camp. If we didn't push them. If we didn't push them, that's right. So if we actually went, you know what, you've made a choice that you don't want to participate in this Mm. and it doesn't have a detrimental effect to your growing up and your mm. well-being generally by not participating, mm. then that's actually okay. Plus you're another human being and you're different to us. Yeah, that's right. So even if going to camp was the most life-changing experience for me, myself that's growing right. up, and thought it was fantastic, and even though it had some adversity attached to it, I came out so much stronger and wiser for it, and I really want you to experience that as my son. Yeah. And the son says, I hate mosquitoes. That's right. I can't stand. That's it. That's I don't want to sleep. I don't want to take a dump in the bush. <laughs> That's right. You go, well, I, I, all of that experience was great for me. That's right. Say, well, no, I hate it. That's right. I really don't want to do it. And you say, okay, well, you're a different person to me. And, exactly, and a human being. And if that's important to you or the or most unimportant thing to you, then I trust you. And, yeah. And I, yeah, whatever you want to do. But how hard is that to do, Johnny? As a parent, you you just so want to project your life experience. You do. You do. You want to save. Onto these you, want, other you want them to get the value you you received, and mm. you want to save them from the pain you felt. 
Yeah. Then in fact, the value they received can be completely different yeah. origins and the pain that you received brought us to this place today. Yeah. And if we're proud of who we are today, then that was because of the pain. Yeah, that's exactly right. Why would you take that that opportunity away from your own kids? Yeah, that that's exactly right, exactly yeah. right. Or make decisions because of what other people might think. Hmm. You know, so if you've got a child who doesn't want to go to a party or doesn't want to play sport or as long as they're healthy, yeah. um, then... The, you know, it's about making decisions for for those. It's about being a parent for those, the kids in your family, not mm. for what other people might think if I let you stay home today or mm. if I yeah. don't make you, you know, play kids are badminton. Ad- kids are, you know, if kids survive, um, they're adults way longer than their kids. Yeah. Um, so, so, and if and, and as adults, we look back at our childhood uh, and and see it, it is what it is. Um, but often, uh, um, the question I ask with clients is is um, if you were them, what would you hope for? From a parent. From a parent. Yeah. Yeah. And, isn't that a great question? And and if it was just about accept and and, and it's always just love me, just accept. Yeah. Just me. accept me. Yeah. Let me make mistakes. Yeah. I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. You know, I, and, and this guide thing, you know, as parents, I've got to guide my kids. You know, 75-year-old parents guiding 50-year-old kids. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. In fact, it doesn't work from probably 12 on. Yeah, you know? it just doesn't work, no, does it? No, you just go, I trust you. Yeah. And, and if they ask for advice, um, this is the thing about advice too, right? If someone says, I want your advice, especially if it comes from a child, um, your advice will only ever come from your experience. Yeah, that's true. Um, and as they are different human beings, your advice may not fit. Yeah. So the best you can ever do is say, this is what I would do. And this is what I have done. But, yeah. that, but that may not fit you. Yeah, that's right. Uh, exactly and, right. Yeah, and I usually, and, and you turn that back and say, well, what are you thinking? Yeah. And if they say, I think I want to do this, you say, okay. Yeah. See how it goes. And I'm here, whether it's uh, successful or not. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Because you'll be wiser. Yeah, exactly right. No, no, no wrong decision. How is there a way of balancing that with with obvious risks? So, for example, um, do I do I let my son cross the road and make judgments around that, even if I know that there's a good chance that there's a car coming over the hill at eighty kilometres an hour? Do you, do you see what I mean? Like, where do you draw the line on that kind of tr- level of trust versus my awareness of the dangers that are out there. Well, as that's the worst fear, right? Yeah, um, so, that's right. Yeah, so a parent's worst fear is about a, a child's physical safety. Yeah. So there is those protective years mm. uh, of, of holding hands and making sure you cross roads together with your brother and make sure you do the lights and things like that. But as, as they get older, um, you, you, you can't you got to find this balance between guiding and and supporting and helping and trusting yeah um, and, and it is it's the hardest thing a parent ever has to do is to let go yeah um and yes the tragedies happen oh uh, i know look don't i think about it every and, time and you know with, the boys uh, get in a teenage driver's car that's it and know, the fear so. is what could have i uh, it was my job to protect my children Mm. Um, but it's just as much our job to let them go. Yeah. And it's the hardest thing a parent ever has to do is, yeah. to, is to let them go and, and hope that you've 
you've done the best you can do uh, yeah. up until that point. But but the alternative of not letting go, the alternative yeah. of, of keeping True. keeping them safe and and not letting them go out and not letting them letting them try new things and not letting True. them uh, t- do risky behaviour. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I'm going to go and jump out of an aeroplane from a 17 year old. You go, yeah. you go, no, <laughs> don't do that. Or do you say, I have to let go and I have to just trust. Yeah. And it's all based on that fear of uh, after a tragedy. Um, um, could I have done something else? Could I else? have done something else? Yeah. I should have protected them. And it's a huge fear. Yeah, that, that's very true. Mm. Very true. Very hard. Incredibly yeah, hard. Very hard. Mm. So I guess, you know, if we were, I'm just conscious of the time here too, mm. I guess some of the the key themes that have come out today is the value of being your authentic self. And look, if you're you're going to be your authentic self, you know, you're maybe you're a small business person, you're struggling with that notion of guilt. Mm. So by being able to say to, you know, your children, look, I, I, I'm, I'm really passionate about this. Mm. I really need to get this done. It doesn't mean that I don't love you. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying my best mm. to manage you know everything and everyone on yeah. my on my plate at the moment yeah. so being your authentic self is what they're going to learn they're going to learn authenticity really you be honest yep it's not even about passion for business it's mm. just about honesty it's just about honesty and and even if that person uh, makes mistakes the the adult makes mistakes yeah then the kid the kids will watch the adults make yeah, mistakes. yeah so that's so. the next one it's okay to make mistakes yeah it's okay to admit you're wrong in front of your kids it is it is and it's all right to ask them what they want yeah uh, and how they feel yeah oh, oh how you could help yeah that's what it. can i do for you yeah. i'm i'm so trying to learn that mm. question at the moment mm. um with the boys you know which is you know how can i help you what what do you need from me yeah at the it. moment that's what it. do you what can i do what do you need from me well, they'll tell you i know and that's but that's a hard question to ask because it kind of admits i don't know what i'm doing here <laughs> yeah that's true that's true I don't know what I'm doing, so you have to help me out because yeah. even though I'd like to pretend I'm the, the know-all parent, some I the, actually don't know. Some of the most connective conversations I've had with my now adult children yeah. over the years is me being saying exactly that, and that is, look, I, I honestly don't know what to do. Yeah. And I, and I really want to help. Yeah. And I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Yeah. Help me to help you. What, what do you need from me? Yeah. Because that, that, that shows that I'm, I'm lost. Yeah, and parents uh, don't want to show their kids they're lost. Parents, no, that's parents right. have this thing that says that we got it, we got it covered, we got, we got it, it together. all together, right? <laughs> okay, but what, what more? There's no more connective thing you can do with a child than to show that you're human. Yeah, and that sometimes you are wrong, sometimes yeah. you are lost. Yeah, and it's the same with death. And I, I know we're getting right to the end here now, and that is that that people die. Yeah, and, and parents that protect their children from funerals and protect them from death and things like that, and and don't show loss. Yeah, uh, and grief. Grief. Yeah. So, grief. so with your authenticity. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you're feeling sad and you want to grieve the loss True. of something, then doing that in front of your kids uh, is another beautiful modelling yeah. behaviour because the, the, they're going to lose things. They're yeah. Gonna, they're going to grieve. And I guess too, it gives them an opportunity to really connect with you on a different level. And I yeah. know I see that with. You know, my mum, who's ageing, is um, I think the time I feel most connected and often of most use because mm. mum's quite independent, but of, of most use to mum is when I can be there and present 
to the pain that mum feels at yeah. a particular point in time and feel empathy for where she's at. Yeah. So as a child child of hers, mm. not a child but an adult child, I guess, um, it gives me um, a way to connect with my mother. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I'd like to think that it, I can afford the same opportunity for my children, yeah. you know, yeah. to be able to do that for me because I know that they'd want to. Yeah. So... That's, that's a beautiful way to finish the podcast, I think. Yeah, that's really lovely. What a great chat, yeah. Johnny. I'm yeah. so glad we did this episode. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, all. Bye. Thanks for listening to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Connections with Leanne and John. Connect with us via Facebook at Fortitude at Work. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. See you next time. <laughs>